This episode of Human Factors Cast is brought to you by Audible. Go to Audible, let them know that Nick and Billy sent you. Go to audibletrial.com slash humanfactorscast for your free 30-day trial and a free book. They have thousands and thousands of books from a ton of different genres. I commute every day, and listening to audiobooks makes it a... Time just goes by so fast. Uh, so, yeah, you, the best part is that you get a free book every month, and the book is yours. You get to keep it. If you don't like the book, Audible's great. They'll just go ahead and switch it out for you. So go ahead, visit them again at audibletrial.com slash humanfactorscast. Today on the show, Billy and I are talking about design. So let's get started. Welcome to Human Factors Cast, your weekly podcast for all things human factors, psychology, and design. Here are your hosts, Nick Rome and Billy Hall. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Human Factors Cast. My name is Nick Rome, Human Factors Practitioner, and as always, I'm joined here by Mr. Billy Hall. Oh, you say that with such loving and care. It's so great. I did. Secretly, we hate each other. I had to act for the for the <laughs> microphone. <laughs> Billy, how are you? I'm doing great. How about you, man? I'm good. I'm really good. I, yeah. Uh, no, this uh, topic today looks pretty pretty tasty. Pretty. It, Pretty meaty. There's a lot of meat to this topic. Yeah, yeah. It seemed like a simple topic, but when I really started diving into what you gave me, it seemed really meat and meaty and good. What are we talking about? We're talking about displays today. At first you were all like, displays? That's that's boring. I thought we were going to be talking about, look at how all these buttons are laid out. And I realized there was more to it. Well, yeah, there's a ton more to it. Yeah, you know, I, th- I didn't know this. Hey, I have some exciting news. Mm-hmm. There may be some opportunity for some sponsorship in the future. Really? What kind? I'm not at liberty to say. Ooh. Stay tuned. Your next episode might open with one. But we'll see. We'll see. No, I actually, thought, I thought you were talking about the new IV calculator on Pokemon Go. No. Oh, that's pretty cool. I like it. I've been using it. <laughs> yeah, I saw some funny pictures about it, but... Anyway, this is a family show, so... <laughs> anyway, displays. Yeah. yeah. What, do you, what do you think a display is? Like, what, what is your concept of a display? Well, uh... I, like I said, I thought it was the idea of, like, button layouts, you know, how everything looks in the setup, pushing this and that. That's what I thought it was the whole time. Okay. Um, all right. That's why I didn't think it was going to be that meaty of a topic. Okay. That's okay. Yeah, that's that's good. That's good. So um, I guess you know what what a display is, mm-hmm. right? I guess we should define it, right? Like up mm-hmm. front, so everyone everyone's on the same page here. What a display is is some sort of output, right? For mm-hmm. um, some sort of information. Okay, mm. so that's that's it at its basic level. Right. It's an output for information, right? So this could be a visual display. Mm-hmm. Um, a tactile display, like your remote control, like a TV remote, could be a display on how it's like laid out. Kind of, yeah. There, I'm thinking of something else when I think of tactile, and it's really cool. <laughs> we won't talk a whole lot about tactile displays today, but I will cover it briefly. So, all right, all right. stay tuned. Um, and then, yeah. So, I mean, 
it's yeah again just basically some sort of way to uh present present information and and this could be an out output device right that and typically what you're used to is like your monitor right that's that's a pretty pretty ubiquitous display mm-hmm. right and and pretty well known um but there are also other types of displays okay what are the different types of displays well so well like i mentioned earlier there's there's um the visual displays mm-hmm. and then there's also haptic and uh there's auditory as well haptic or, yeah so those are like uh like force feedback right so uh, or or tactile displays. Those are kind of what we just talked about, right? With um, you, you were saying uh, like like your remote could be a display, and yes, a remote could be a display mm-hmm. if it has braille. Oh, kind of like how you always see those keyboards that always like that are for blind people in the movies. How they have little buttons that pop up and things like that. Yeah, so a haptic or or, or a um, tactile display is basically something that um, you know displays information tact- tactilely. Tact- it, it displays tactically. Ta- I don't know. It divides and conquers the situation. <laughs> don't email me. I looked it up later. Uh, <laughs> well, anyway, the the idea is that it presents information through the uh, through the the touch. Mm-hmm. touch right um so that's that's really cool that's really cool and and you know they've played around with uh displays like so your tongue is the most sensitive part on your body that's like easily accessible let's let's get that straight this is a family show don't give me that look <laughs> so anyway the, the tongue is one of the most easily accessible um uh sort of sensitive areas of your body and so they made this display this haptic display that you put on your tongue and you can feel two different points, and you know, like if it activates this region, you know it means something, and if it means, activates the other side, it means something else. And the tip of the tongue, it means something else. So, you know, in an instance where you're going to be using your hands for something like controlling or operating a large vehicle, uh-huh. you know, this display could give you some sort of heads up about like um, any anything really. It well, just gives feedback. They used to talk about the idea that people would use that kind of display for, like, going into sci-fi, stuff like that. They A lot of people seem to be able to use that display in uh, power armor suits, yeah. you know, because you can't type away at a keyboard and not everything can be auditory, and you are using your hands to motion the arms. So the idea of it was is that they use the mouth, the tongue, the auditory, the eyes, the ears, everything to... Tell you information. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got it. Um, and so, so yeah. With let's, uh, there's also auditory. Mm-hmm. You mentioned auditory in, in this uh, science fictiony um, robot suit. Mm-hmm. Um, don't don't get mad at me. I know it's a mech. I'm just no, it's not. Actually, a robot suit. A robot suit. I was thinking about was uh, no mechs. You have a cockpit. No, I was thinking about the uh, like exosuits, exosuits, or okay. or Iron Man type suits, or or a glitter boy from Rifts. That's right, deep cut of nerd history. All right, all right. So anyway, there's there's these auditory um, displays, and I actually worked on a cool project um, where we were looking at kind of so what. 
Can you talk about this? Yeah. Yes, I can. <gasps> yeah. I, can, I know I'm actually talking about something. This this wasn't for the U.S. military. The FBI so can, is going to come right through this door this, right now. This wasn't for the U.S. military, so uh-huh. I can talk about it. Um, this was actually directed at blind individuals. Okay, um, that's cool. Yeah. So so this was directed at blind individuals, and um, they basically so with auditory displays as it is now. Uh-huh. Think of. Think of an auditory display of something like, um, like a voice reader for, uh, like like a web page, right? You go to a web page and you have this um, reader that reads every word on the page. Uh-huh. And the primary problem with this is that the information is presented to you serially, one word after the other. Yeah. Okay. The cat ran fast. Right, I mean, they listen to it at a million a million words per second. So the cat ran fast. Right, the cat ran fast on the street, and then he jumped up a hill and climbed on a tree. Like that very is very active cat. Like somebody's probably listening to our podcast at two times the speed. Really, you can do that. Mm-hmm. I've never I do, tried it. I do that with some podcasts if it's you know a longer podcast and I want to get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so so yeah, the problem is that they listen to these things serially, mm. um, one at a time. And so what we were looking at is how can we display this information uh, in a way that um, they can get sort of an overview of the page mm-hmm. all at once. Right? Because when you use your visual system to look at a web page, you don't get it like top left corner to top right corner, next line, left to right, next line, left to right. You glance at it, and you can see all this information on the page at your whim. You can look at it. and Oh, I see what you're saying. So if I looked at a page, I don't know, with a bunch of pictures on it, I can see the pictures. I get in. I get information based on the pictures. I can see ads on the side of it. Not and just, then yeah. Not I can see pop-up quotes and, and little sources and brackets. And I can see, I can gain a lot of information before I even write, read the article about what's going on. Exactly. That's how they get you with the clickbait, too. Yes and no. Clickbait's something completely different, but let's let's focus on... Sorry, okay, sorry, So sorry. this audi- auditory display. Uh, so, s- do you want to do an episode on clickbait? I, yes! All right. Yeah! Writing I it down. I would love to do that one. Clickbait. I love clickbait. Like, I'm always like, oh, you got me. I'm invested now. Clickbait episode question mark okay it's in my notes all right so okay auditory display uh-huh these people these these visually impaired individuals uh-huh they can't they again they get it serially they can't see literally they cannot uh experience a web page or digital content in the same way that you or i can mm-hmm. right they we have the benefit of looking down a page and reading the first couple lines and then skimming and then reading a couple more lines and skimming some more. Mm-hmm. They have to listen to it all one word after the other. That's got to get annoying. Yeah. So anyway, this project that I was working on, we we kind of looked into uh, how exactly we can sort of provide uh, through you know the auditory sense how how you can get that sort of display of information and what we came up with were these virtual soundscapes which instead of we talked about virtual worlds what two podcasts ago yep about that uh 
instead of these virtual worlds, we, we had uh, sort of um, like, imagine sounds in spatial uh, locations out in front of you, right? So instead of having, you know, instead of listening serially, home, about, contact, you know, you know menu items or whatever, mm-hmm. what have it. Now you hear home about contact all simultaneously coming at you from different directions, repeating. And if you know what you're looking for, you can kind of tune into that and go, ah, it's over to my left, point left, click, and then you're there. Okay, so like the idea of a menu, if you had go left, I mean like if you had a menu like home, contacts, you know, about... Uh, articles, mo- video, things yeah, like exactly. that. You or, could actually, it could actually see your spatial awareness. Like I'm looking around, yeah, and I, it kind of when it when my eyes kind of glance over it, it kind of glances not, over the tab. Even not even that. Like they're just hearing this all the time. So like, imagine my voice over here is saying sports, 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 uh-huh. sports, and then from the other side of you, it says technology, technology. Technology and they're happening at the same time, so you hear like a mis- mix mosh of sports technology, sportology, sportology. Yeah, exactly. And then the more I go over to one, will and it focus on the other? That's something that we didn't play around with, but I mean, it might be the idea of like uh, it might be the idea that I just ain't blind on these well, things. See, here's the thing. So. The idea is that if you know what you're looking for, you can find it quicker, right? If you know you're looking for technology, you're going to be listening for this thing. Anyway, I just thought it was a cool project. No, that's a really uh, cool project. Anyway, so so we're talking about the different types, right? So we talked about haptic. We talked about auditory. Last, uh, which is the most common type of display, is the visual display, right? This right. is what you use your eyes for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... We, uh, you know, we have two, there's 2D displays, mm-hmm. right? And this is something that a lot of people are familiar with. Um, there's, a, there's a ton of different technologies that can be used, like LCD, OLED, LED, all this. Thing. I'm not going to get into that. That's way too technical okay. for this podcast, right? <laughs> anyway, so the, the, the idea here is that... Um, you know, these, these different types, right, the things that I just described, those might affect how you design your display. Mm. And you might be asking how. Mm-hmm. How? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm like, affect your different display. I thought you were continuing on the sentence. No, definitely how, how does it do it? Well, so, um, so one way would be, and this is just for example, like, uh, you'll have the old CRT displays, right? And those are very limited in resolution. Right. Um, and, you know, believe it or not, CRTs are still used in some applications. Such as? Like uh, electrical relay substations. Um, or that's that's the off the side of the road where you see these yeah, 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 transformers yeah. and everything inside the displays can be CRT. Oh. So... When you're going through and you're designing software or, or some sort of display for, um, you know, the application, you, these are things that you have to keep in mind, that the pixel size is a little bit larger on those screens 
So you can't make something that's super high resolution to right, where you right, would need right. to distinguish between two things that are close together. So sometimes even in design, I mean, like you always talk about the idea of a limitation of technology. Yeah, exactly. And that would be one of them. Okay. So you have to think about that limitation of technology when you're when designing. designing something. Exactly. Not to mention that I would imagine a CRT is a lot tougher than the average LCD or other type of displays. I don't know. I'm not... All weather, all terrain, you know, type of thing? Maybe. Hmm. Maybe. Um, yeah, and then so lastly, there's there's uh, something that I'm very fond of. Uh, <laughs> 3D displays. And these are cool because it's not just head-mounted displays. That's what everybody thinks of. Right. Um, but... Actually, when I think about it, I think about, like, those, you know, you see those computer screens that people are always like tapping on air to bring it up there or ah. picking it up and looking at it and then throwing it away. Like Minority Report, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know you know what the problem with those displays are? Uh, well, well, it's more a problem with the controls, rather. Cause pressure? No. It's, it's actually the fact that, you know, there's nothing to put your hands against. So when you're interacting right. with this, hold, I want all of our listeners and you to hold your hands out in front of you for about 20 seconds. Uh-huh. And tell me that you can imagine doing this all day. Oh, yeah. With no feedback, that. no yeah. desk to rest it on. And just now start moving them around like you're like you're doing something, right? Man, we would have, like, ripped muscles. We would. But it's really tiring. Mm-hmm. That's an ergonomics issue. And we should talk about ergonomics and um, anthropometry in another episode. What'd you call me? <laughs> <laughs> so... So yeah, there's 3D displays. There's the HMDs, which are head-mounted displays, right? These are the these are the two sort of screens in front of your eyes for mm-hmm. virtual reality. That's what everybody thinks about. But there are those displays, like you just talked about, and those are holographic displays. And do you those know, actually exist? The technology is getting there. There's a couple ways in which holographic technology does exist and can work, mm-hmm. um, like 3D topographic maps. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're interested more in the technology, go go research it a little bit. I, we're not going to cover that on the show today. Fair enough. We might in the future. Who knows? But those are, those are cool to me. Um, and then, you know, you have laser displays. Lasers. Lasers. I know. <laughs> we're Fire nerds. in the lasers. We're nerds here on the Human Factors <laughs> Well, podcast. how do you do a laser display? Is it like plucking at a harp? That, like I see like a bunch of different colored lasers and then you plucking at it to get information. I don't understand... <laughs> How lasers work. Look, man. Are they like magnets? Lasers. <laughs> that's all you have to know is just lasers. Lasers. All right. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. But, you know, I see what you're saying here about these different things, but how, in design, how can people optimize these things? It seems like it's pretty just kind of self-explanatory other than what we said about limitation of technology. How can you optimize design for a display? Right. So... That's a good question. So there has been a lot of research on this topic, actually. And, um, you know, there is a... Uh, the, well, Wiccans and his colleagues... They, <laughs> witchcraft. Not, not, not witchcraft. Wiccans. Wiccans. Not, not Wiccans. Wiccans. W-I-C-K-E-N-S. You know, I bet I have some sage in the backyard we can start burning if we're going to talk about this. But I didn't know this was going to be part of design. Wiccan. All right. Anyway. New so, agey. So, so Wiccans, who's a researcher, and his colleagues, they, uh, they came up with these 13 principles of 
13, you say? <laughs> I've been sitting on these jokes all day. You know what? Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, you know what? I'm, I, I'm sorry you're starting to convince me. I, you're legitimately starting to convince me <laughs> that human factors is witchcraft. It, it's, it, more that I hear about it, it just seems like technomancy. <laughs> You know what? That, that might not be entirely or not. One of these days, you're just going to have a head come in here, and you're going to be dressed up like a supervillain. You're going to just start shooting lasers everywhere. Man, how cool would that be for a photo shoot for the, <laughs> you're for just the podcast? Laser. We do it very supervillain. A- we do it very '80s style. Oh yeah, too, because you know it's just bright pinks and oranges. I'll put on oh. a mullet for that. All right, all right, let's do it. Let's make it happen. <laughs> okay, 13 principles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they, uh, these principles basically, they cover different aspects, right, of, of displays, right? Such mm-hmm. as, like, how we perceive information, how we think about this information, mm-hmm. um, how we sort of attend to different cues of information, right? Mm. And, and also how we use our, our memory when we're looking at this information. Okay, yeah, yeah. But... These 13 principles that you give to your dark lord. To my dark lord. Design. Like, what are these things? I mean, is it kind of like the heuristics idea? You know, that, well, no, there's 10 heuristics. Oh, <laughs> gotcha. I see what you did there. No, so there's, uh, well. But what are the 13 principles of display design? I mean, like, how does that work? Okay, so if you want me to actually cover all of these. This might be a really long show. And Are we talking two-parter? We might have to make this a two-parter. Ah, uh, you know, half of our fans are going to love it, and half of our fans are going to hate the fact that it's a two-parter. It's like, just make a long episode. i got to listen to two episodes, and you're going to spread it out over two weeks? <laughs> what are you, lazy? Do you lazy. Not... Can't you have enough material? Don't you... Do you not want to record next week? What's going on? Hey, I'm... is that... Is that no, what? No, no, we're still recording. We're still recording... We better be. We have to. I gotta get my weekly Billy fix. Yay! All right. So anyway, okay. So yeah. So two parter. Yeah. Good. That's... I'm down with that. Let's All do right. it. I, I'm it is interesting. The... It is interesting stuff. So I'm totally down. I'm with getting it. out the Monster Energy drinks. I'm I'm lighting some sage. I'm setting the mood lighting. Let's do this. All right. So okay. Okay. So there's these four cues, right? Of uh-huh. how how you design for display, right? So there's uh. How, how we perceive things, how we think about things, how we attend to different cues, and also how we use our memory, right? Uh-huh. So uh, th- what that boils down to, basically, is uh, perceptual design principles. You have mental model principles, mm-hmm. principles based on attention, and memory principles. What? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I know. That, that was well played. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like a chihuahua with a chain gun. I'll just make a bunch of jokes until something's funny. Something will be funny someday. So <laughs> Keep trying. But I'm buzzing. I believe in you. Yeah. Okay. So, let's talk about perceptual principles. All right, I'm excited. To you, what is perception? I'm asking the deep philosophical thoughts right now. Oh, wow, yeah. Uh, perception is anything I can see, hear, touch, or taste, and the auditory, the mental responses that come with it. So... Like this can in front of us. I see the colors of the can. I perceive what the can is. I feel what the can is because it's in my hands. That's a monster because we're doing a two-parter, right? Yeah. Okay, so you were right on half of that. Okay. Um, 
The half that you were not right on was the interpreting it. That's that's perception. The sensation is seeing it or, uh-huh. or uh, having the raw signals come into your body, right? And so that is what we're tapping into for these uh, perceptual principles, right? So seeing the can. Right. So the first one, you want to make the display legible or audible. Okay. Like this podcast, we need to speak very clearly so that people understand what we're talking about. We need to have concise sentences that people can understand. Very strict diction. Like 1950s radio news jockeys. Kind of. Round the rough and rugged rock, the rude and ragged rascal ran. That was impressive. I'm impressed. I'm legitimately impressed. Oh, years of practicing that sucker. You've always wanted to do radio, huh? Oh, uh, we can't, I, I, I can't get off okay. to a topic, but yeah. Psychology gotta, of radio. Ah, uh, we're going to have to tell Question that story mark. that one time. I'm writing it down. I, I'm writing down. That's fair. Okay, great. I am excited about this, and you, we have to talk about that little gift you gave me that one time. Yeah, we, we, it sounds really bad when you say it that way. Yeah, it does. It sounds like I'm, I'm smuggling drugs or something. This is a family show. So, it oh, is, it is. Drugs. Yeah. <laughs> drugs are okay. Yeah. Okay. We're America. We love drugs. Uh, don't um, do drugs. Stay in school. Uh, um, stay clean. All respect. Right. Your elders. So, yeah, you want to make these displays legible uh-huh. or audible, right? Right. Um, and, and the reason being, right, these displays are the, the ability to actually perceive what they're saying. Uh, I, I mean, these are kind of self-explanatory, right? Like, uh-huh. it's critical for designing something that's usable, right? Right. If it's, if it's not legible, if you can't read it. Uh, or you don't understand what's going on. Well, yeah, then then the operator can't make use of them, right? And, right. And, you know, it's it's really interesting because some other things... That, like, yes, this sounds really simple. Make it legible. But how do you do that? There's a lot of stuff that goes into it, right? So you got to think of, like, the contrast of the display, the visual angle of where it's at, where you're looking at it from. The size that it could be on. Yes, what kind of illuminations going on, what kind of background noise you got going on if it's auditory. Um, you know, there's there's just a ton of different factors that go into it, and these are the human factors. Ah, I saw what you did there. I'm just there. kidding. Those are the design factors, but the human factor is how the human plays into this, right? This, right, 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 right. How do they perceive all this information? You have to design around that. You got there in a roundabout way. Yes, I did. I, I tried. I'm, <laughs> I'm stretching it. All right. So the next one is avoid absolute judgment limits. You don't want to be racist to the machines or anything like that. You don't want to th- say something about the machine before. Judgment it, day? Yeah, judgment day. You know, because we none of us want to be Sarah Connor clinging to a fence while we get vaporized. Well, that's not quite what this one means. Ah, oh, man, when are we going to go there? What? Psychology <laughs> of... Psychology... Terminator? Of Terminator. <laughs> Let's review the Terminator. Uh, no, no. We could do hang on, a... Hang on. <laughs> I'm, I'm capturing this. I'm cap- yeah, no. Now, now they know it's real. It's... Um we can actually review, do a heuristic review on the T-1000. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it'll do well. Today on Human Factors Cast, we're reviewing the T-1000. Is it better than the T-4000 or 10,000? We'll Stay find tuned. out. <laughs> All right. Okay, so no. 
Absolute Judgment Limits is not Terminator. Right. Um, that's what this is. Is basically saying, don't make the operator sort of uh, pay attention to only one factor, right? So, so you want to build redundancy into your design, right? Don't don't make it like, don't make it black and white, right? Don't make it like this means one thing and that means another, but make it clear. There's, I know, there's a lot that goes into it. Wow, so, for something that's supposed to make it clear and concise, that's really hard to explain. Right. So. Don't ask the user uh-huh. uh, to determine the level of a variable. So, like, um, you know, code red on the basis of a single aspect. So, right, code red, right? Okay, well, if code red is up at the top of a list, then you know code red is bad. Right, right, right. That's uh, why they always, when you're trying to enter in your information for, like, something it'll always come up red at the top of the page that you forgot to enter in your zip code or this doesn't match up right right and uh you you know basically what this is getting at is don't don't pigeonhole the user into having to discriminate between two things that are really close so if you have code red code red like shade of red, like code pink. Oh, I see uh, what you're saying. Code pink, kind of white. We like we, you. You want it code red, code yellow, code blue, code green. Code, you know, we yeah. run into these problems sometimes in video games too. Like, wait a minute, does that thing mean this or does that mean that? Because like it's not the discreet. symbols are kind of similar but small yeah. and un, un ununderstandable. Yeah, it's not discrete. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, whenever you're dealing with levels of something, right, make it make it discrete mm. and distinct, mm. so that you can distinguish between the two things. Okay, well that's a lot easier than you started out with. Yeah, get your stuff together, Rome. No, just kidding. <laughs> kind of, there's a lot here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's no, easy no. to overcomplicate things, and yet to remember too. There's so much that goes into these that I'm trying to bring it down um, to a level that. Someone, you can say it. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, to a level that someone who's not a human factors practitioner would understand. No, absolutely. Right? Someone who that. hasn't gone to school. This is this is for the general audience. Right, right, right. You have right. to make it easily the, the accessible. aspiring human factors practitioners yeah. or just the, everyone who likes a little tech news. Right. Okay, so what's next? So top-down processing would be the next one. Uh-huh. And this is still in perceptual principles, right? Mm. Um, so what top-down processing is... Basically, exactly that, right? You you get the signal, and then you process it, right? Whereas bottom-up, bottom-up is different. It's where you think about something, and then... Or you have some, some sort of thing in your head. And I'm really grossly oversimplifying this. But you have an idea in your head, and then that molds what you perceive versus you get the signal, and then that affects what you are interpreting mm-hmm. and i'm i'm very grossly oversimplifying that but that's basically what it comes down to uh-huh. um and so you know you want to make sure that the signals that the user is getting on these displays is perceived and interpreted uh based on what's expected from a user's experience right and there's this whole field of user experience there's a lot of ux podcasts out there when i say ux it's user experience uh, there's a lot of UX podcasts out there that talk about a lot of this stuff. Um, but, you know, if a signal 
is presented and it doesn't match up with what they're expecting, right? Uh-huh. Um, you might need to sort of present something else to make sure they understand what's going on. Okay. Right? So, so people perceive and interpret these signals according to what they kind of expect on the basis of their past experience, right? So, um, like, let's think about buttons, right? So, if if this button is pressed on, mm-hmm. right? Like, or like, let's say, like a series of buttons, right? So, all of these buttons on a um, on a board on a operator row. on a board operator control board uh-huh. are pressed on, and the last one is not lit. What are you gonna assume it should be on? Yeah, because everything else, else is, is on. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so that's your expectation, right? And so you want to build upon those. You want you want to make a display that's going to be in congruence with what they are expecting. So you can make intelligent choices without actually fully understanding exactly what you're doing. Yeah. So kind of like how a fuse box works. Like you have the on-off switch of it, right? But if the fuse has been jumped and you need to reset the fuse, it's set to the middle. So it's like, hold on, all these fuses are on, except for that one's in the middle. So I know that that one is the one that tripped. Right. And if you try to push it to the on, it keeps going back to the middle. But if you shut it off and then turn it back on, it no, you know better. Yep. And it gives you that tactile sensation, plus it gives you a sound sensation. Yeah, man. I'm We're, learning. You're getting it. You're you're getting it. <laughs> My degree is in the mail. <laughs> it's in the mail. Human Factors Cast University. Aw, you need to make me one now so I can hang it up behind us at our lovely studio. All right. All right. So next we're talking about redundancy gain. Uh-huh. Now, this is basically providing the same information twice in different ways. Mm. So there is... A display that you see every single day that has redundancy gain built into it. My phone? Your phone probably has some of that, but I'm, I'm talking about something even more simple. It has three states. Three states? You look at a display every day that has three states. My... Mm. Mm. You don't own this. I... I don't own this. But you look at it every day. I don't own this, but I look at this every day. Ah, you're riddling me. A computer? Well, most people own a computer, but... Ow. Yeah, that's true. Bastards. Light switch? No, that's not... That's only two. You're pretty close. Uh... You're, You're getting warmer with light switch. I'll tell you, it's traffic light. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, okay. So the idea of redundancy gain... Uh Uh-huh. Redundancy gain is presenting information in two ways. Okay, because I see in two ways. One, it's giving me color coordination, and it's also doing it by position of the lights. You are... Yes! Ah! I'm a genius! I'm smart. I purposely stopped there. I gave you that... And I gave you what this was, and 
Yeah, right from, there on you. Right from, there on you. From the start of this podcast to now, <laughs> we're growing. We're growing. We're, all, and we're getting there. I could. I had trouble even remembering computers as social actors a couple of podcasts ago, and now look at me. <laughs> you remember computers or social actors. I did. <laughs> it's like, I'm, you're playing, you're a scientist playing with an erector set, and I'm like, look what I did with these building blocks. Lincoln Logs. On <laughs> hey, man. It's all good. As long as you're learning and we're having fun doing it, that's what matters. I, I, I need my daily dose of Nick. All right. So next up. Mm-hmm. Um... We have discriminability, and this kind of goes with... Uh, That's not a real word, is it? Discriminability. 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 That sounds means, like you really want to win Scrabble. It, it means the, uh, the essence of being discriminable. Or, okay, so let me start from the beginning. <laughs> to discriminate something is right. to be able to tell a difference between two things. Right, right, right. To be discriminable something has to be able to be discriminated against something else uh-huh discriminably <laughs> you're getting oh, there sorry do it discriminate wow you're making me tongue-tied here discriminability <laughs> yeah discriminability uh-huh is sort of the trait that that uh one of these displays must have in order for you to tell the difference between something else. I know, so, I looked it up already. I just wanted you to go through it. You know what? <laughs> it's only fair, because I make you sweat sometimes on this show. This was getting me back for computers and social <laughs> That's a few minutes of my life I'm never getting back back then. Right, so, well, uh, anyway. So, yeah, you basically want to avoid similarity. Mm-hmm. Right, you you don't want to cause confusion right. for the person, right? You don't want them to be like, eh, does that mean this or this? You want it to be clear, cut, concise... And and if it's like right next to something that looks very similar, mm-hmm. don't put it next to that thing that looks similar. Put it looks next to something that looks different, and then you have that redundancy gain if it's in a different place. All these things work in harmony together. Like once you create a display to put all these things together, mm-hmm. that's when you have something great, right? And and that's really awesome to do when you're like you're looking at it and you're going no something's just not right it just doesn't have this aspect of it and it's not like we sit there with these lists these are just like guidelines to go off of but you know something's just not right and then you move something just a little bit or you organize something in a different way and then all of a sudden it just works Mm, 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 mm. okay I see what this is going on okay okay so next up we have the mental model principles right so that was the um that was the perceptual principles that we just went through. To perceive things. Okay, yeah. Right. And now we're going into mental models. Do you know what a mental model is? A mental model is... Um, it's the idea of like people making a connection to one thing or another, I would think. Like, uh, like uh, a mental model would be... Uh, I know an on-off switch, right? And I, I mentally know that down is off and on is up. Right, but you don't actively think about, like, when you flip it down and turn it off, that the current turns off. You just know that down means off, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's basically some sort of explanation of uh, how someone thinks about something, right? Or how something works uh, in the real world. Um, and so, like, for example, like, how would you imagine uploading our, podca- our podcast to the Cloudworks? Condensation? No, I'm kidding. 
gaseous form, circle of life. Magic digital pixie fairies? That's another kind of science, my friend. <laughs> um, well, I would imagine that it goes... Um, uh, it, it probably, like, cloud service is probably, like... Uh, Do you think it's an I think of it cloud? like... I, you know what? I think it's like movies. Here's what I think it is. I think it's like how the movies say it is. There's this huge banks of servers... And but un, but like a and it and it goes and our our uh, thing kind of goes like a stream from server to server to server to server to server back and around again and around again until we access it. That's how I think it happens. That's a mental model. That oh, might okay. not be how it actually happens. Oh, but that's I, how you think it happens, and that's how it's represented in your brain. Right. That's how you're actively thinking about these problems. So we have to take this sort of thing into. Uh, consideration, right? It's it's a representation of what's around you, right? And and sort of the relationships between things, and the various parts of a system. Um, that wait, kind of what? Wait, um, quick question here about this that just occurred to me. Yeah, why does that matter in my design? How some? Why I think how something works? That's a good question. Let's get into the principle of pictorial realism. Oh. Not pectorals like you work on at the gym, but pictorial. Let's be honest here. Neither of us work on our pecs at the gym. <laughs> it's all about them glutes. Get those gains. All right. So, no. Principle of pictorial realism. This is basically saying that a, a picture or a display should look like what it represents. So, if you think of our podcast going to a cloud Mm-hmm. Like SoundCloud. Oh, I saw what you did there. SoundCloud's icon is a cloud, cloud, and our podcast is stored on the cloud. So they are using this pictorial image of a cloud to signify that is where our podcast is being stored, on this cloud. It's not servers. Kind of like how Dropbox works. They, it's a box. A box. And there's thi- and there's an arrow going into yeah, the put box. stuff in the box, even ah. though it's a server. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're matching it to those mental models, right? So this is something that uh, UX designers think about. Yeah. Okay. 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 Human factors engineers, UX designers, um, uh, cognitive scientists. Yeah. This, but the pictures of it. That's really what they think about. They think about, okay, how is this supposed to look? That's something that goes into it. The person who actually makes the pictures would typically be like a visual designer. Uh-huh. Um, but See, yeah. I couldn't do that because everything would look like the side of a panel land. Very complex and have wings and fancy designs and things really? like that. I, yeah. I, I'm much more pegged you for a stick figure kind of person. Nah, nah well, I'm not. Artistically, <laughs> I wouldn't be that. I would be a stick figure type of person, but I just think everything looks cooler. <laughs> Yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so so another example of this, though, would be, like, um, think about uh, sort of a... Um, mm-hmm. How about your speedometer in your car, right? Yeah. Uh, when, when, you're, when you're cranking something up, which way do you crank? Uh, when I'm going up, I... Crank to the right. Right. To the right, yeah. So as you're cranking up the speed, my the needle is going towards the right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you want to match that with your mental model, right? Righty-tighty, lefty-loosey. Lefty-loosey. Right. 
So yeah, you just you you want to match these things. Um, it would be sort of in place, like like an example of doing this incorrectly would be like the speedometer, but uh, up and down, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and the reason you wouldn't want to. Um, that's why when we look at music levels and things like that, it's always a bar that goes up and down in various levels, right? Right, yeah, instead of left to right, because you can understand high and low right. much better than you can understand... Uh, you can understand high and low when it's represented vertically rather than when it's re- represented, represented horizontally. horizontally. And we also use perceptual principles with the color scheme in that same situation. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You're getting it. You're getting it. Oh, man. All right. So the other mental model principle is the principle of the moving part. Uh-huh. So this basically says that moving elements should uh, sort of move in a pattern instead of, uh, you know, kind of on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and and y- you want it to move in a way that matches how the user would think it moves in the system, right? So Dropbox, for example, again... You put a file in the Dropbox, and you know if it showed like an animation of the file actually going into a box, that mm-hmm. would be that would be an example of that. Um, but like a good example of this would be to show, um, you know, like if um, let's say you had a display on your car, right, right, that shows you how far, like in a Tesla, you have how far away from the car in front of you. This episode of Human Factors Cast is brought to you by Tesla. We hope. We hope. <laughs> uh, Elon, that, call me. Wouldn't that be exciting if Tesla was our sponsor? Oh, wouldn't it be exciting if Elon Musk called us right now and been like, I'm in Ireland right now, and I'm listening to your podcast, and I just love... He's from Ireland, right? I No, no, no. He's like Dutch. I don't know. I don't want to make any assumptions about where Elon Musk is from because he is all-knowing and all-powerful. and He knows I, of this podcast. If I get it wrong... He's not going to send me a Tesla for saying this. This this podcast is brought to you by Tesla. <laughs> you want him just to send you? you I know. Do. Okay. All right. Let's let's get back. So <laughs> so let's say an example. For example, you're in a Tesla and it has this display that shows you how far behind the car in front of you you are. Okay. Now, um, a good example of principle of the moving part would be to show more lines. Um, to indicate more distance to the car in front of you than, um, you know, less less lines, right? Because less lines, less less uh, less distance, more lines, more distance. Okay, okay. Kind of like how we do with, like, backup cameras and parking cameras because we have those two lines that go all the way out and they have, like, red, yellow, and green from inside out. Uh, red, yellow, and green, and the closer you are to a curb or another car, it shows you on the lines. Yeah, those aren't moving, though. So um, Some of them move. Some of them do. Yeah, that's true. Um, basically, though, uh, you know, in that example that I just used, the lines, they wouldn't necessarily be moving, but the amount would be changing. And so that, that would sort oh, of... Kind of like a countdown thing. Yeah, kind of. Okay, okay, okay. Well, Billy... You know what? <laughs> this is meaty. This is meaty. I mean, we only covered... We're only, we're only halfway through. Jeez, you're right. And you know what? 
We're getting close to that time. I I think that's got to be it for today. Um, you well, know, more and, tomorrow. Yeah, more next week. Next week, next right? Week. Next week. Uh, you know, uh, we're not going to take a question today. Okay, that's a shame. It is a shame. But if you guys, our listeners, want to be featured on the show, we're all over social media. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and comment on our SoundCloud, Facebook, or Twitter. Or you can send us an email at humanfactorscast at gmail.com with all of your questions. All of them. All of them. Be sure to like, follow, and review us on iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast directory. We're we love all, to have that stuff. We are all over the place now. We're always trying to keep in touch with interesting topics that you guys want us to talk about on the show. I've been your host, Nick Rome. You can find me on LinkedIn.com slash Nick Rome with two O's. Billy Hall, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter or steep streaming on YouTube at Comstar Cleric. Thanks again for listening to us here on Human Factors Cast. Until next time, it's it a pet! Hey guys, it's Nick. If you like what we're doing on the show and want to support us, you can go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Cast. Support us on Patreon, and we'll answer your questions on the show. We'll address a topic that you, yes, you, one that you choose. E will even advertise your product with us and much, much more. Everything that you guys donate to us, though, goes directly into the production of the show, and we always appreciate it when someone helps us out. So go check us out on patreon.com slash humanfactorscast today. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Spacecraft, railway locomotives, nuclear submarines, healthcare, jet aircraft, these are all examples of highly technical systems and organizations, and all have one particular thing in common. They all involve humans. Humans who want to do amazing things and are using technology to achieve them. They all have something else in common. They have amazing people ensuring that the users who are involved can do what they need to do, are safe when they do so, and have the optimum user experience. These people are Human Factors practitioners, and on 1202 The Human Factors Podcast, they talk to me, Barry Kirby, about what they do sharing their career paths, highlighting their ideas and best practices, and fundamentally raising awareness of our discipline. Find us on 1202podcast.com, on social media, and on your favourite podcast directory, because it's more than just common sense.